It is Wednesday. It is time for FRPC Hoops. And we're going to be doing this all week. Uh, so Life Pod will go away for a week. Maybe two. Because you'll have the draft and then you'll have the draft after math or whatever. But we are focused on the NBA draft and free agency and trades and all kinds of stuff. And I am here with the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons for this podcast, the Canadian Zach Lowe, and also the forever Canadian son of Loretta Kern, Nico Miatello. What's up, bro? Not, not a whole lot, man. I've I've been dealing with a few things in my personal life, as we we've talked about. So, uh, mom's getting better, so that's that's positive. But uh, I'm just been waiting for free agency at this point. It's the time after the NBA Finals is always so restless because the draft's right around the corner. Free agency is always coloring the draft because for some reason free agency happens after the draft and it it just completely puts teams in new lights all the time i'm ready i'm ready to see a few teams in this new light well from all the reports this sounds like this is going to be a huge summer like this seems very busy, yeah, and very well known names could be on the move, and that is what we're gonna do today. Because Nico has come up with an excellent idea, we are going to allow betting into the podcast, mm-hmm. and we got Vegas odds on where some of these guys land, and we're gonna talk about some of these possibilities and what they would look like in new uniforms. And I'm hyped for this, man. So, uh, yeah. and we'll touch a little bit on the draft. want to touch on a couple guys or whatever and, and mm-hmm. see what your thoughts are. So um, yeah. let's go. So what's the, what's the first one? Uh, the first, <laughs> the first one it exists simply because Vegas is trying to steal your money. Um, There's betting lines on LeBron James' next team, if not the Lakers. And uh, Dallas is the only team on the list. Um, They're the favorites. Do not waste your money and bet on uh, LeBron to go to Dallas. Uh, The next... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do have one comment on that. This goes down with LeBron retiring. At the end of the 2022-2023 season. So, I will put retiring and going to Dallas in the same light. Both <laughs> not real same. great odds on that situation. Yeah. Yeah, he's got about the same likelihood as to sign with the Seahawks this offseason. Absolutely. Um, the, next, the next guy on the list is Damian Lillard. And... That that's a guy that we've thrown back and forth a few times. The betting favorite location for him is Miami. 
Um, mm-hmm. And they're always star hunting. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. They also coming off this run to the finals. You may think that they're in a spot where they wouldn't want to make a whole lot of moves. And that, to be honest, that was my first like idea of this team as well. But the more I think about it, Miami is a team that is never lives in their fears. And right now, <clears throat> a lot of their role players are riding highs value-wise. They're looking like way better than they did at the end of the season. And that might juice their value a little bit in trade conversations. Finding a way to get Damian Lillard might be a little difficult considering the assets they have on the team unless they'd be willing to throw in someone like Bam and that would mess everything up. So I I can't imagine that one happens necessarily. Though Pat Riley has done crazier things in his time and this Portland organization has the deepest love and respect for Dame. So I could always see there being a chance that they trade him below value for that. Two things. Mm-hmm. Dame would be like a perfect Miami Heat. But oh yeah. Can I can I offer another suggestion? Definitely. And it almost works because you were just talking about Pat Riley just making magic and magic tricks mm-hmm. just happen, right? Rabbits out of hats and selling snow to we were gonna get there at some point but what about bradley beal yeah yeah bradley beal the actually the list i'm looking at doesn't have bradley beal's next location on it i think the betting favorite i saw was philadelphia earlier today though and i i think we can expect him not to go there there's already been like reports in the media that they are out on uh, making a move for him. And ha- or Maury generally communicates really well with his, um, with, or with the media in general. So I think that that's likely tells you that they're actually out of the Bradley Beal sweepstakes. So. Miami does does make sense also, mm-hmm. uh, and he Beal because of his contract and his no trade clause will get traded for significantly cheaper than a guy like Dame, I'd think, unless the Blazers are just doing Dame a solid. So I could definitely see something like that happening more likely. I just I'd be worried for. The Wizards, if that's the first move they do in the rebuild, because you'd probably be taking some bad salary back that you'd have to turn around and dump somewhere else, be it Duncan Robinson or whatever. Kyle, I guess Kyle Lowry wouldn't be the worst. I I could see it happening. Well, this is going along with uh, the tryhards, right? So if you have Jimmy Butler... All reports is Bradley Bill is a hard worker, you know, mm-hmm. puts his time in, true professional. I mean, I, I can see him working 
in Miami and maybe down there, the therapeutic nature of South Beach, you know, helps them out. And this is the type of move that like Riley can pull off. It's the the dude that has something to prove type of guy, a chip on his shoulder type of dude. Because Bradley Bill, last couple of years, whatever you want to call it, you know, people have been looking at that contract and going, that's coming. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be on it. But yeah. if Bradley Bill puts up a 24, 5, and 6 on pretty good efficiency for the Miami Heat, and mm-hmm. it's a conduit to winning, think people would stop talking about his salary. Yeah. Provided he also played like 67 to 70 games as well. Because we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, that's true. I I kind of view the Beal not playing as many games in the last few years as more circumstance-based. Though you could definitely look back to earlier in his career when he had a lot of injury issues. Though... Uh, kind of that could be attributed to the problems with the Wizards and the way they ran things because repeatedly he was hitting over 40 minutes in games as a player who had stress issues in bones in his legs and that that like very clearly just shouldn't have been the case so once he finally got away from that started playing a little less and playing a more uh secondary role I'd say especially in the year with Russell Westbrook you kind of saw him get healthier and not necessarily contribute to all this as much he had a couple years where he played 82 games that was before the Westbrook time but still so I'm currently hold more hope in my heart for healthy Beal going forward than some of these other guys who have had intense injury issues to this point in their career Though I do understand why anyone would be concerned about adding someone like him. he He's definitely ran through it a lot of times. I, I just kind of think the reason a deal gets done with him is because the acquisition price is going to be so cheap for a player of his talent. Be, simply because of the combination of the contract and the no-trade clause, he's going to go somewhere for next to nothing I feel like it might there might be a first round pick included but I think if there's more than one first round pick included it's because the other team is dumping significant salary I I think we're looking at a Beal a Beal trade sooner rather than later but whatever it ends up being like Woj and Shams reported earlier today it's going to shock people as a value proposition, considering how good Beal is as a player. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to be shocked. I think the 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 internet, the Twitter uh, GMs are going to sit there and they the the trades they're putting together and what he actually goes for yeah. is going to be vastly less. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot less. Yeah, I agree. The other thing is, 
the reason why I also talked about Miami is also because of the fact of his mentality would fit in with Jimmy's mentality. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe with what they do down there with their physical therapy, they can coax a, a robust season out of Bradley Bill. Yeah. You know, also, what has Bradley Bill played on the last two or three years, too? You know, as far as the oh, team. Oh, yeah. What has very, he played on? A very bad team. And this, so this year, you're not going to get super. I'm, I, I hate to do this to the Wizards fans, but I'm sure he wasn't given what? Well, 80, well, 80%. Oh, go. Well, last year I felt like he was giving a little more effort than the year before. The year before, I'd watch him at times and it felt like he was giving 20%. And he was going into a contract year, so it made seemingly no sense to me. At the time, I thought he was angling for a trade last year. Then he re-upped with the Wizards on this huge deal with the no-trade clause, and it seemed like he came into this year playing harder. And just as it kind of got stolen out from under him, he lost momentum. However, again, there was a stretch right after the Kristaps trade where you've seen Beal like rejuvenated, really giving a high level of effort, and then once again that faded as the year went on. That would be kind of concerning to me, even making a move for him, mm-hmm. is if hypothetically he gets out of sorts for whatever reason, does the effort wane like that? If you're on a team that might win a, more games than the Wizards did, so that... I would have that sitting in the back of my head, but considering the value proposition as a player and the asset cost when trading for him, I I think being anyone, you almost have to make a move like that. Well, we'll see where he um, ends up going in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Who else is on this? Yeah, we got a bunch more names here. The next name... Uh, I will make you really happy. It's uh, Kyrie Irving, and his betting favorite yes. is the Los Angeles Lakers. Your your ideal mm. situation. Ideal, ideal. If I am now a Golden State Warrior fan, one hundred percent. Dub Nation all over again. Yeah. That's my. I'm going. I'll roll with Steph. As soon as that dude walked in the door, I will roll with Steph. I'm I'm going to Laker fan for too long. And listen, remember, I went through the Kobe years, okay? And people always talk about the Kobe years as this romantic time. Yeah. Remember, I also had Magic Johnson. So when I looked at Kobe, I didn't look at Kobe as endearing as everybody else did. Mm. Now, do I love Kobe? Yes, I do. I love Kobe a lot. I love the mentality. I love what he did. I love all the things that he brought to the Lakers. But you know who was my favorite Laker when Kobe was on the squad? I, I know. Lamar Odom. Yeah. <laughs> Lamar Odom. You know why? Because he was connector, yeah. pass the ball, get rebounds, do all the stuff that we kind of needed. Mm-hmm. So I, Kyrie coming to the Lakers – 
Yeah. Would probably end me. <laughs> and I would be all over Palinka. Uh, all over. We just did this. Yeah. We just did it. And it didn't work. <laughs> like it just didn't work. Man, you by the way, just so everybody knows, it's this little known secret in the NBA mm-hmm. that as we get into the playoffs and we start getting closer and closer to the finals, did you notice that less dudes were playing and it was 44 minutes for all of your guys? Yeah. That's the problem. Definitely. That's the problem. And then if you bring Kyrie in, all of this depth, and here's the thing. I can definitely, as a Laker fan, you know, let's hit on it right now. If there was a way to upgrade Jared Vanderbilt, like where he could defend and shoot, yeah. like there was a guy out there and there was a trade to be made, I would love to do that. If you could upgrade the D'Angelo Russell position, not with Kyrie, Nico, because I know you're trying to – You can't hide. You can't hide. No, that's – it's a, it, it might be not not the right upgrade, but it is an upgrade. It's better. Better for you. Because you want to see me you. have an aneurysm and yeah, die. You, you might. All on camera. You might. But. I, have a, I will have a stroke yeah. at that point. People will be looking going, oh, what's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Oh my God! No, is there another team on there? Uh, not, not on the list I'm looking at. It just has the number one. Uh, the, the number one. I'm sure Phoenix is up there. Yeah, yeah, that's where I, I kind of expect hey. to land. I expect one of Kyrie or Harden to land in Phoenix. I know. I, I, okay, we didn't talk about this, but hey, if we're playing like musical chair stars, mm-hmm. if Harden leaves. And I know we weren't going to talk about Harden, but it Harden yeah. leaves. Kyrie to <laughs> Philly? Yeah, maybe. I could I could see something Tobias, like that happening. Tobias Harris expiring, maybe. Yeah, or if hypothetically Stuff. they can arrange a sign and trade for wherever Harden goes, they could use that to take him in. Because this is the last year that you can be an over-the-tax team and generate a trade exception. So... Uh, mm-hmm. That would be my my go to if I'm Philadelphia, and I know Maury loves to take advantage of rules like that. So, I I could see something like that happening. Okay, um, and who is I'm I'm curious to see who else is on this list. Oh, yeah, I can I can come up with it. I can uh, dig for it a little bit. Um, I the the next the next guy on the list is your old favorite Laker, mm. uh, Mr. Russell Westbrook himself, <laughs> and his favorite uh, location is the New York Knicks. I think that would be the worst wow. outcome for anyone involved. Um, I really, really hope that doesn't happen. I have a question. Yeah, I might have an answer. What position will he play? Uh, five. I have no idea. Okay, because I'm, I'm going. They got Jalen Bronson. Six. 
no, no, they have a six man. They have Emmanuel quickly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where will he play? I don't know. Seventh man. Uh, I do have, however, the, the odds for Mr. Kyrie Irving now. Um, the mm. Lakers overwhelming favorites at uh, plus Vegas is just taking people's plus money. Plus 200. Well, the Lakers are going to be the betting favorites always to land every single player just because of the way, like, how many fans they have, how much money comes in on these. And we're close to Vegas. Players all the time. Um, and we're close to Vegas. Miami is the next team on the list as. Uh, we I, I think would be expected to a certain extent just because Miami kind of has the same effect as the Lakers where they just, mm-hmm. they just get so many stars that they're always so high in the betting favorites. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers are the team after that. And I, yeah, I don't know about that one. I, like it sounds it sounds plausible in theory the more the more like you think about the stars that are there and the direction the organization is going with a new front office that seems like something that could happen but mm. when you look at where the team is actually on the floor and don't just look at the names they have on the roster they're not Kyrie Irving away from a championship. <laughs> there, it, it isn't that. Oh, they and, and they have they have an advisor, yeah, or or consultant, as you will. Yeah, I believe if Kyrie Irving entered that building, that person would just walk I'd out. Just leave, yeah. Just walk out. <laughs> yeah. So it, I'll it just not, I'll leave it there. It would not be a good look. And if if you thought that one we brought you crazy, there is a, a tie for number three that is I think significantly worse. The Atlanta Hawks. If if they that will be so Atlanta. Oh, Kyrie, that would be so Atlanta to do that. Kyrie and Trey together, I, and Dejounte. Well, we 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 just we playing three on three. I, and all guards, <laughs> like what? Oh, man. this is the best pickup team ever. Is it even? <laughs> are they winning at the Y? Like I don't know, man. Oh, they might have some special stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they. But they're gonna take a lot of forty-three footers, and oh, bro, like, oh, this, oh, no, no, your boy Kyrie is getting in the lane, bro, and he's gonna be yeah. kicking out to the shooters. Yeah, he's gonna be kicking out. But like, what you want, Dejounte Murray and Trey Young to move off ball for the first time in their yeah. lives? <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I want. I, I'm not too sure. By the way, if if Snyder, if Snyder really wanted Trey to move off ball. Honestly, this is literally the way to do it because, like you said last in the last pod, and you know the one one thing that we always like credit each other on is like listening to one another. You brought up the point of 
everybody respects Kyrie's game because they can't do it. Yeah. So if there was any way to get him to move off ball, get him to listen, yeah. That that's fair. It would be this. I'm just. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever at all as team building at all. Yeah. Funny. Funny as all get out. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless there is more there's more substance to the Dejounte trade rumors than had pre I previously thought. I, I, Can I tell you also something that's been circular, circulating around Twitter space, uh, Twitter, Twitter land? Yes. Trey Young, like thumbs up uh, on Laker jersey shit. Uh, and the next player on the list, Trey Young, Whoa. favorite team to go to, the Los Angeles Lakers. There you go. Thank you for, for setting me up. I walked you down the door and you let me in. Uh, Trey Young is definitely going to play for the Lakers with Kyrie Irving next year. They're going to assemble that squad just to put. I hate you so much right now. I hate you (laughs) so much. So this obviously going to be the breakout video. Yeah. Oh man. When I saw on Twitter, somebody has said, "Oh, they had put Trey Young in a Laker uniform." And then this fool said, we next. Yeah. And put rings and chips and all these little emojis. (laughs) That's your man. He's coming. I'm just going to give me two. Just. Rob Kalinka, you. I have praised you on this podcast. I have. I have done it. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely obliterate this man. (laughs) If Trey Young is a Laker, does the owner's son come with him? <laughs> oh my God, does he? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you could have a new assistant GM. Um, does I, does oh oh I got it I got it this this is all going to be part of the breakout. Genie Bus becomes one of the new real ho- real housewives of Atlanta. And they swap franchises. Ooh. Rustler here. <laughs> Bus there. I, I think that might lead to, to a big dad turning in his grave, unfortunately. Oh my god, it'll be so terrible. Uh, All of this sounds awful, yeah, man. I, I don't see a Trey Young trade as a realistic thing. I think it's just like been a lot of people in the media putting pieces together and thinking that because full-scale trade changes happened in Atlanta, Trey Young trade might accompany it. Though, like we've talked about before, the full-scale changes in Atlanta happened to appease Trey Young. So I think Trey Young's job as Atlanta's point guard is pretty safe as of right now, unless he agitates to move elsewhere. And I, I don't expect that to happen much beyond liking Twitter posts. Also, I will just say that if they can get off Trey Young, kudos to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Kudos to the Atlanta Hawks because I don't know if this ages well. He has to change so much because you have to be so dynamic as a as an off ball player. 
and create different um, angles in your offense for you to actually make any difference whatsoever because you are absolute zero on defense. Like, even if you try, which you don't try hard, you're an absolute, just, this is not great at all. So, I am just really under a lot of skepticism with Trey. I love him. I think he can be um, electric in the right situation, but he's going to have to get over himself a little bit before um, we can get back to it. I think they were on the right path when they made the run, you know, because uh, he was in on the defensive end, which was great. Uh, but, you know, now, you know, it's a lot of reversion back into what Trey does, and it's not efficient. Um, Nico loves his lob passing. He's one of the best lob passers in the game, but – and the floor he's such cool. a zero on defense. It's it's. I mean, he has to he has to change up his game, man. Yeah. He has to look at Steph and go like, "This is what <clears throat> for yeah. us to be way better. This is what I got to do." Yeah, for sure. So hopefully he hits that. Like, but yeah, I don't want yeah, him he'll, anywhere he'll near. He'll never be uh, Steph off ball, obviously. But if he can, like try and recapture some of that and just move off ball, that would be great. Same complaint I, I've i had about James Harden in the past. But mm. uh, the James Harden thing can be a little different because you can park him on the low post or park him on the corners and have the whole offense sort of function. You park... Trey Young on the corners, he's going to get blocked on a closeout most of the time just because he's a much smaller dude. And the release is really good, but it's not quite the hardened pullback release that that's so hard to block it with the step back and everything else. It's... It, you can't be a liability off-ball and a liability defensively. You you gotta it's gotta be one or the other, and he's not gonna get any better defensively because we've seen him try. We I, we've seen him try it multiple times to improve defensively, and he just gets bullied. So it, it's not gonna happen there. So if he can become the guy on cats messing with my blind, sorry. If he can become the guy off the ball, that'll help his development a whole lot uh well we have construction going on over here i don't know if yeah, you heard yeah. that uh, banging and stuff so yeah it's crazy we're getting we're getting bothered today yeah i had to run off and close my window because the cats were it, trying to attack a leaf um sweet yeah you want the to, other thing that i want to bring oh, up though is have you seen this rumor about um memphis trying to trade up and they're like hot on like Brandon Miller. No, I haven't seen a Memphis rumor. I've seen a rumor about a bunch of other teams trying to move up, but I've missed that one. Yeah, so um, 
The franchise is aggressively looking for opportunities to trade up into the late lottery, um, mid to first round. Um, there was one report where they were trying to get up as high as three, but they're probably, probably settling in on that second wave of forward. Like, <clears throat> why, though? No. They just... I can tell you why. I can tell you exactly why they're doing this. Yeah, go ahead. Because they are... They're chasing the white well. They've been chasing it for years. Look at their picks. Yeah, they've been drafting... Anytime they have a high pick, it's been like some 6'10". Yeah, I, I know that. Wing thing that has not worked. But I feel I feel like they just took a couple guys last year who who have a chance to go out there and work in LaRavia and Roddy. Roddy, I didn't like him pre-draft at all, but he's looked significantly better I love Roddy. than I thought in the NBA. I Roddy was one of my guys. Yeah. Lare- I'm actually taking a guy this year that's more like an NBA guy than I've taken previous years I- in Taylor Hendricks than I did in Roddy. I love Roddy last year. I love Bain, like, Three, three, four years ago, you know, I love Mowgli, who was the skinny, skinny guy from USC that everybody was like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, no, you'll know. I think most people, most people liked Mowgli. Um, but yeah, yeah, I heard some nonsense though. Yeah, on Mowgli. So of course, of course, there's nonsense about lots of guys in that class. I, I think they're gonna always continue to cycle. This Zaire Williams type of guy, they want that. Like, give him either uber athletic guy or super stretchy, you know, tall, yeah, you know, wing guy. They're looking for something, and they're gonna continue to mine until they, till they get it. I, if you just draft a player at the same position every year. And don't let them develop and just draft over them again the next year. Like, why not just trade all those picks to get that player? Like, it's right in front of you. It's very obvious. Instead of just not only wasting these draft assets, but also putting these kids in bad situations to not be able to actually develop or grab hold of a role. Who are you going to draft that year one is going to step in and be able to play that kind of role on a competitive team uh, it's it's few and far between and honestly if you're looking for a guy to step like straight into a role like that you might be better served waiting till the end of the first round and going and looking at a guy who we were talking about earlier like a Jaime Hawkes or Andre Jackson someone like one of those types of players like who are you trading up for in the back end of the lottery that's going to provide that kind of role for you at a really high level? I like Grady Dick. Like, and that's, I, I don't know how much that helps. Ah, man. I, I don't know. It's probably, are they the, are they the, are they the French kid team? Uh, Koulibaly, maybe. Koulibaly, yeah. Maybe, but... Because he's that type of dude. But he's more of a... He's that type of... hand type than... What are they going to be missing a lot of this year? 
Well, <laughs> yeah, but they, their team's been great without Jaw, though. They, I know. They I'm just saying that found ways to throw out guards, and I like Koulibaly's more of like a cutter and uh, score in that way. Too, okay. Then, like, and uh, would he fit in with the Joe? Uh, what is it? It's Tyus there, yeah. right? Tyus, right? So they could go get trade. a cutter with Tyus. Hmm. A cutter, yeah. A good cutter, yeah. With Tyus, that that part of and Dane shooting and and Triple J shooting, yeah. But you still have to plan for Jaw to be there in the future. You're not like I understand that around Tyus necessarily. You need a shooter at that role, and. Like, like that's what they've drafted repeatedly too. Those are the guys mm-hmm. that they've went after. So I'm not sure. Like mm-hmm. the Koulibaly mold is necessarily what they're looking for. So then you would think it'd be Dick, right? Yeah, Dick or I. Man, I, I know he's not your guy, and we've got into it about him a few times before too. So maybe we can get into this one. But uh, Jet Howard, I really like oh. too. He. Like, you can get him where you are. You could, I mean, you can maybe move up to Brooklyn. Oh, no, to I get him. I don't think, think he's going. I don't think he's going. I think you'd have to. Where do you think he's going? Like, I, I could see him going at 20. I could see him going. Better not no, say it. I, you it, better. I, I don't think that'll necessarily happen, but I, it's 17 wouldn't blow me out of the water. It, I wouldn't expect it to happen, but I wouldn't be floored if he was the guy who went at 17. I I think at 20, you start making 15, those decisions. It's like, I'm going to get a knockdown shooter. What? Well, what? Oh, no. That's terrible. I don't think that's terrible. I think that that's just, the, type of, the type of player that they miss amongst their wings. Ah. <sighs> Oh man! But I think okay. I I think yeah. that's the range. Like after after the lottery to those Nets picks, maybe the Nets picks is the back end of that range. But I'd expect him to kind of go like fourteen through twenty or twenty two, maybe. I think you can get so much better than him. Oh, yeah, fourteen. I, and I think he's so much better than you think he is. So that's uh, yep, one hundred percent. Yep. One hundred percent. So the next, the next guy on our list, we've we've talked about a little bit before, especially last week. Uh, Mister CP3 himself, and finally a point guard not projected to go to the Lakers. The surprising leaders in the clubhouse for him, seeing as he spurned this location before in free agency, is the San Antonio Spurs. Mm. And. Mm. Like, I understand wanting to pair CP3 with Victor. I get why people are trying trying to put that together. I don't know, though, if that's the guy for them, necessarily. They, they I'd want them to give Trey Jones a little bit more of a crack. If they're going to get another point guard, I'd... I'd prefer they they kind of swing for the fences. And I know I've talked about Kyrie before, but like 
just someone with more upside than a 39 year old Chris Paul. You you're in a position right now where you have Victor, you have the guy. So right now I'm just trying to in in the first year or two, I'm just taking swings to see if I can put <coughs> someone with him and find that other piece and then build the team from there. So I I'd like to take a point guard who has a little bit more upside. Maybe if they like Blake Wesley and they could see CP3 mentoring Blake Wesley, that could be a possibility. But I think you're looking at it all wrong because I don't think Chris Paul is going to fetch a huge salary. No, they have like $60 million. Do I. But so why don't you get Chris Paul and then go out and get another guy? You you could go out and get another guy. There's your Brooke Lopez guy. And then now you have... Yeah, Brooke Lopez, I think, is the perfect... Wimbayama, Brooke, CP3. Yeah. You got Keldon still. I, I would like... That. I'm not saying he'll stay. I would like moves like that a little more next year. I'd want to see more of a year of just kind of like a blank canvas for this team to kind of just go and figure it out. And then you bring in someone like CP3 the year after to kind of clean it up. See, I would think you, if you were talking about what you were saying before about the, um, the young point guard out of Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. that Wesley to me would be perfect as far as CP3 mentoring him. Yeah. Not necessarily, not necessarily like the Wimby stuff. Yeah. Chris Paul would help with the Wimby stuff too, but you're also looking at it like, okay, we can get this dude who can bring some leadership to our midst and probably help Wimby along the way with that. But his main goal is to tutor and mentor Wesley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I get that. I think more my... The reason I, I say wait a year versus going to do it now is I'm, I'm not as high on Wesley being necessarily like the point guard of, their, of the future or like much more than uh, a lower-end role player. So I would want them to have kind of that ball handler to work with before they went in for a CP3 type because hypothetically a CP3 type could be the difference between 32 wins and 39 wins. And Can I ask you a philosophical question right now? Range. What? If... Everything that it, we, we know this to be true. This is a year for the prospects. It's, it's the talent wealth mm-hmm. here is very, very deep. Yeah. Even if it's not like star player, there's a lot of good pieces this year. Mm-hmm. If your team's like New Orleans, OKC, all these teams that have like a plethora of picks. Yeah. Now, okay, it might be super hard. To, you can't get one, right? Mm-hmm. Probably you not getting that. No, never. But two and three are so much in play. And the teams that are at 
two and three need like a ton mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. If you're OKC or Orlando or New Orleans or whoever, do you make the Godfather offer to move up and get the uh, the Brandon Miller, the Amen Thompson, the uh, Scoot Henderson, the whatever you believe in the top five? I actually believe there's like a, like six seven dudes yeah. in this draft that can really 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 help you, like really help you like right I away. Agree. Um, I. I want to throw Anthony Black in there. Shout out to Anthony Black. I love that kid. I just want to give him a shout out. Um, I I've spoken to people. Um, I you know uh, can't give it away, but I just I know the kid and I'm really high on him. I the the shot I believe will come, but I think the kid himself is going to make it come. Mm -hmm. So. If you're those teams, would you would you go ahead and <clears throat> consolidate? Yeah, un, I, the answer for me is unequivocally yes. This is the year you make that type of move, and we're in a insane situation where the Blazers are at number three and seem to be like doing their best to sell the pick to the highest bidder. We talked a lot on Monday about the Scoot Henderson noise about him falling to four, and ever since then, the the buzz has been the opposite. There's been the Shams report that New Orleans is aggressively trying to trade up for him, and then a Gavoni report today that he you can definitely still consider him an option for the Hornets at two. That makes me wonder, though, if you're Charlotte, it behooves you to put that out right now because currently Portland is walking around trading the number three pick. Like, this is guaranteed Scoot Henderson. And if you're Charlotte and you also might want to trade your pick, you can't have other teams thinking this is guaranteed Scoot Henderson. You have to think that oh there's a possibility Charlotte might just take him at two so maybe we have to trade all the way up to two to go and get a player like that I think New Orleans as a team is the team that definitely should make the move I I know Brandon Ingram's a really good player an excellent player even but I think the unit of Scoot Henderson Zion Williamson Trey Murphy Dyson Daniels being the thing you're building around is excellent. It, they, Hell, it, even if it's Brandon Miller, even if it's even if it's Taylor Hendricks or whoever you think, I mean, there's there there are so many dudes that if you slotted them into the Pelicans, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, Anthony Black. Next to CJ McCollum solves a lot of your yeah, issue. Yeah, Anthony Black. I'd love you know what I'm talking about? The same reason, same as Eamon Thompson. Okay. I don't like Brandon Miller for them as much because it feels like you're trading Brandon Ingram for like a different, worse version of Brandon Ingram. So I'm, I'm not. All depends on what you think of the handle. Yeah, yeah. Well, even like I think Brandon Ingram's handle is pretty good, and his passing game has continuously improved. Like. 
I kind of mm-hmm. think Brandon Ingram is one of the higher end outcomes for a guy like Brandon Miller. So making a move like that just seems like resetting your clock. Whereas going to get like one of these athletic freak guards like Anthony Black, Eamon Thompson, Scoot Henderson that like pair up so well with Zion completely changes your team, especially actually like if you want to look at guys outside of Scoot and you look at Eamon Thompson and Anthony Black, Zion does have weaknesses defensively. A great way to solve those weaknesses is starting your guard defense with Anthony Black and Dyson Daniels. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter if Zion's weak defensively, no one's getting in the paint. It's like an arguably like more ramped up version of this Denver Nuggets defense that had uh, and now you have solved the C.J. McCollum situation, at least for the time being. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can still have the vet on the floor providing critical shot-making ability, leadership, you know, being able to kind of slow the heartbeat down a little bit for them. But now you have all this wingspan and passing lane difficulty. So now Zion is a little more protected on the back end. So, I mean, either way, however they go, I I said to you when, when we last spoke Mm -hmm. that I believe that two and three were in play. Yeah. Yeah. And I did say there was a, a playoff team and a couple other teams that were whatever involved. This makes a lot of sense with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This makes a lot of sense for them to do this. Yeah, I I totally agree. Another team that actually makes a lot of sense to do it, and I think you might disagree, but hear me out. Indiana. Mm. Yeah. Indiana has Halliburton. Um, they got they. They got Miles Turner on a ridiculous contract. Mm-hmm. Kudos to them. Uh, we like the kid Nimhart. Yeah. Matherin is great. We like him. We don't know what he's going to be yet. But if you can get up into this range and add an athlete, mm-hmm. a defender, Jarris Walker. Hey, that, what's up? That- How's it going? That's the one I I don't necessarily like as much. I I like the idea of Indiana trading up, but I'm not sure I like them trading up and going for Walker Hendricks. I think they they have a, guys at that spot who are interesting for sure, but a, a wing creator I think could really help this squad. Brandon Miller would be the the perfect guy for what they're looking. Yeah, I mean that's what you're talking if they about. Can get in I mean, that range, I'd like that. I, I, I think they could figure out an Eamon Thompson, um, fit on their team as well. Asar Thompson would be a, an excellent fit. There's, there's guys in this class. I just, I, I hear a lot of. This actually proves your theory that Scoot gets to four, right? Because let's say for some reason, straight up to four, Charlie goes to. But let's say Charlotte goes and gets Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Let's say Indiana or New Orleans moves. Okay, if they if New Orleans moves up to three, he's scooting. Mm-hmm. 
But if Indiana moves up to three, yeah, and they go get Amen Thompson, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it it would change things for sure. I think though they probably wouldn't try go all the way up to three in that scenario. They try to to move up a little, down a little bit, right? Hypothetically, I. I could see maybe something like that happening, but it's it, man. You can't let. That kid I don't think fall. so anymore. You, you just can't let that kid fall. No, I don't think he is, and I don't think that Portland. I, okay, I'm gonna ask you the question. I asked you offline. Okay. You you were, Cronin is a big Dame guy, but well, yeah. All the other hires look real developmental mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Starting last year with um, the ESPN guy, Mike Schmidt. And then this year with the G League Ignite guy, Pujetta. So now, who also has direct ties to Brandon, uh, Brandon Miller and uh, Scoop? Is... is- like Billups, a guy who you'd see as a developmental coach, though, because I'm not sure I'd go that direction. He feels more like a guy who's trying to compete now. Cronin was brought in to maintain the status quo originally, did a, a good job of that to their standard, and has seemingly leaned more into the rebuild because of the Dame injuries the last couple of years. Going into both of those seasons, there were big acquisitions made to improve the Trailblazers team. Guys like Jeremy Grant this last year. And they just didn't end up taking. I think the... I have another theory, if you'd like to hear it. Sure. I do believe they're going to go hit. I don't... I still 100% disagree with what they're about to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're going to build around Dame. Yeah. But what is Mike Schmidt and Pujetta really good at? Finding guys. Mm-hmm. Finding them. Schmidt has ties to uh, USA Basketball Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, he's he's tied in. He is a good international guy mm-hmm. as well. And lo and behold, Shaden Sharp, honestly, I mean, you knew about him in high school. Yeah, he didn't do anything in Kentucky. No, so you had to go, you had to really see the vision off the high school film. Yeah, yeah. I think and he had a real good connection with that kid. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that's what they're doing is that they're building up their developmental because we got to hit on these late first round picks and we got to hit on these second round picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's only what the other thing I can think about that would make sense because those guys are really into that. Mm-hmm. I... I think there was a clear imperative to improve their drafting significantly and 
Cronin has made steps in that direction, definitely. I, I'm just not sure it's necessarily indicative that they're leaning completely into a rebuild, especially with just the reporting that's came out around Dame. I think mm-hmm. I, I think they're probably leaning towards retaining him. We we do have a few more names to get to on this list here, though. I got mm-hmm. I got uh, <laughs> one that that I think would drive the basketball world insane here. Uh, we got Draymond Green next, and the betting favorites to land Draymond, the Utah Jazz. I can't. I guess, I, I don't even know what to say about that. I can't imagine Draymond in Utah. Uh, absolutely nuts. I would have expected the betting favorites to be pretty significantly the Pistons, right? Like I, he he's from Detroit. They there's been a long-standing relationship between him and the franchise his mom goes off on twitter saying that the uh, if the warriors don't pay him we'll just go back to the pistons i i figured for those reasons at the very least he would be that kind of guy but perhaps there's a danny ainge connection that we don't necessarily know about uh, about just him and draymond i know ainge has long been one of those guys who has tried to trade up for the media favorite players going into drafts. You can talk about guys like Justice Winslow in the past and guys in that sort of situation. And Draymond was that dude of his draft class. Like when he got selected, everyone was like, Oh my God, I was going to take him two picks ago. Same with Desmond Bain, his draft class. There, there are always a few guys like that. And Ainge has historically been a guy who goes after those dudes. Draymond Green is a kind of picture-perfect fit for that. So that that could be why the idea of the personality of Draymond Green in Utah, I don't know, I guess Patrick Beverly got popular there, but it just doesn't doesn't seem like something that would meld with the fan base at all. Draymond Green is not leaving the Bay. Yeah, I don't... Well, it, all of these are if it's not the team they're currently on. Oh, okay. That's right. If it's... Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that makes no sense yeah. then. Zero sense whatsoever. Mm. I can't see him in Utah can at all. Neither can I. The Lakers, I would have said that. Yeah. I don't know that fit. That fit's terrible. I I would say Uh, clearly Phoenix. The Pistons just Pistons for him to walk in. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, of the most logical choice is the hometown team that has the cap space to just here you go and and has been bad. (laughs) Teaches how to be winners. Has a clear imperative to add veterans to the roster under a new coach. I yeah. That, that one makes way more sense to me, but him in Utah would be fun too, just for all sorts of different. It, that's a wild take. Yeah, Draymond. Well, could you imagine what there, those podcasts would be like? There's got to be something behind it if it's Vegas has him as the favorites, and that doesn't necessarily oh, no. yeah. mean there's information. That can mean there's just some better with a lot of money and an inside take. But 
I found the connection. Hmm. Wade is a part of that team, right? Yeah, yeah. There it is. There's your connection. I I don't mean like a connection necessarily like that, like his connections within the team. I think there there needs to have been something like some uh, rumor circulating that we haven't heard of, or just some some group of betters who thinks they have some different insight and have pushed the line mm-hmm. to this point. I I can't imagine this line would have favor or opened with the Jazz as the favorite. So it it feels weird to me. But sometimes when these betting lines feel weird, they end up being very right. So I'll, mm-hmm. that's all I'll say about the Draymond Green one. I just could never see it happening. Next, uh, the point guard who I, I've thought was going to be the Lakers addition through this offseason, Mr. Fred Van Vliet. Jeez. And uh, his betting favorite location, a kind of surprise to me, especially out of all the other point guards that are listed here, he's favored to go to the Suns. Is it, it makes sense on the floor. I'll say that. It makes a lot of sense on the floor. How they work it out is a little more questionable to me. I have no idea how they're going to work yeah. that out. Financially, it looks like it would be a real problem. Yeah. They, they don't have enough draft picks left to include in a move that would like entice Toronto for a sign-and-trade nope. to take on the Chris Paul contract, so... Maybe they have an asset. Toronto really likes Aiton. Like, yeah, that one's gonna say maybe they have an asset, and that would be the asset. That's the only thing I can think about. Yeah. However, Aiton's also on this list, and Toronto is not the team he's favored to go to. So, okay. It. it I. I'm not I mean, really sure Lee... how I see that one coming together, but I. It, out of all the the fits on this list. This is. Are we talking him into to going into the what is it a team option or a player option? What is it? Is player option? Uh, yeah, he has, he has a player option, but it's like twenty two mil they, for a player option. Yeah, yeah, they could. There's no way he's going to take that. Could, well, if he if they're cutting Chris Paul and trading Aiden, they could take in a sign and traded player and stay under. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a lot of money tied up with three dudes, and then you got there. They were had all that money tied up in four dudes previously. It's a better situation than they're in now. Okay, I I just I think he'd be a good on court fit, but I I just don't see it happening realistically. Nope. Um, no. This one's this one's really fun. I think we'd both love this if this happened. And this is my least favorite team, so that says a lot. Chris Middleton to the Oklahoma City Thunder as his betting favorite outside. That's another guy who I I would absolutely love in Houston. Um, I I I would fall in love with that fit like instantly, man. That is the exact guy they need to put this team together and be a veteran leader in the locker room. I think he he would. Yeah, because he can just be your number three, like right away. Smooth into the rotation, like no problem. Yeah, Jalen Williams, Giddy. 
Shea, Middleton, mm-hmm. switching all over. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it would be it'd be a whole lot of fun. And he has been a guy who's scaled up and scaled down his role repeatedly, like whenever needed to be. There's sometimes when he comes in and he's the definitive number two, besides Giannis. Or even when Giannis is out, he becomes a definitive number one. But there's also yeah. times he comes in the game, plays the whole game, is healthy, and is just the number four behind Drew and uh, Brooke as well. So he yeah. he has that role flexibility. Uh, he can go up and down really easily. He's a big shot maker, something they don't really have in OKC as of right now. They haven't had the chances to take a lot of big shots, but... It just having a guy who's proven in that kind of situation, I think, is a huge boon for any rebuilding team. And he makes their defense with the addition of Chet make so much more sense. It, I, this is, I, this would hurt my heart because the Thunder would get so good and have my draft picks. But I, I would love to see it on the floor especially with a lot of these kids on this OKC team who I love as well. Yeah, Middleton's temperament is ideal Mm -hmm. for this because of the fact that he can come in, he can give them veteran leadership right off the bat. He can give them championship Mm -hmm. know-how. He will help them navigate the playoffs very well. The other thing is, is that he has a tremendous work ethic. You don't have to worry about that. And then as he gets along in years, he has not a huge ego when it comes to that. And he seems to be very comfortable in his own skin. So I don't think he is like, I could see him three years from now, like as a sixth man and still I'm okay. He kind of reminds me of a like a modern day like Eddie Johnson. Mm. Eddie Johnson stayed around the league for a long time, had great talent, and Eddie was a bucket getter, and he could just get you points. And it was really consistent. It was never, you know, you didn't have a lot of like eight-point games, three-point games, and then like a 35-point game. You can have a bunch of 18, 24s, whatever. And Middleton is this guy, and that would be so smart if that was what was going to happen. Yeah. And Presty, I would give him a lot of credit with yeah. that if that was what he pulled uh, yeah. off. Yeah, couldn't agree more. This, like, it's an imperfect comparison, and trust me, I'm not trying to. It's an imperfect comparison, and trust me, I I'm definitely not trying to compare the three guys OKC has to the three former MVPs they used to have. But I kind of think of Chris Middleton stepping into this lineup kind of like conflates the roles of both Kendrick Perkins and Tabo Cephalosha on those previous uh, Thunder teams where Tabo was the guy who defensively could slow everything down. He didn't really need to take the shot very often but if you needed uh someone to take more shots he could step into that role and then Kendrick Perkins was like the veteran who you just roll out there and he would get everyone in the spot they needed to be in you could uh 
just run the beginning of your offenses effectively. There definitely was diminishing returns on Kendrick Perkins and OKC, and he he caused some problems. But Chris Middleton is a better player than that, so that's kind of more where it's the Tabo role. But I, the leadership he's going to provide is similar to that Perkins leadership that pushed that team over the top. It's it's kind of like the perfect confluence of factors in a player that this Thunder team could absolutely use. And if they figure out a way to pull that off, I I would be very excited for them. That's that's another guy who I'd much prefer to come to Houston. But and let's and let's not get it twisted. The other thing too is if we're looking at it from a Middleton point of view, mm-hmm. all right. Do I want to be in Milwaukee where I am literally like the I I have to be the shot maker. I'm kind of the number one A B option kind of yeah. there. You have to be that because Giannis doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And Drew doesn't do it. He tries to, but no. Yeah, he just doesn't do it on the on the level that you kind of really trust him yeah. all yeah. the time. In a certain playoff series it'll click and he'll take over. But, but in OKC, oh, pressure is off. Yeah. One, I can fall into many a role mm-hmm. on any given night. This might excite him. This might rejuvenate him a little bit. Uh, this might get the juices flowing. You might get the best out of Middleton and also allow a young OKC team who is on the cusp of starting to make some noise in the playoffs. Now you can start really looking at them and going like, this is going to be a, such a hard out. Yeah. Dealing with them. Just getting loud. Definitely. So, um, um, I got more players on my list here. If you want me to keep going. Uh, no, what we'll do. Is there, is there anybody that lately has caught your eye um, that's in like the 18 to 30 range in the draft as far as that's concerned that might be moving up? Um, that might be making – because Koulibaly has been like – it seems like that's been a, a like a five-week yeah, just march to – yeah a five-week march to 12 yeah, for some reason. Yeah, definitely. I <clears throat> One guy who the more I think about him, the more I kind of inch him up over and over is Jalen hood Shafino. He's, he's a big playmaker who can do some of the things a lot of the guys we have higher in the class can do like guys we were talking about uh last week like Casey Wallace, Keontae George. He's got a similar on floor presence. He can pass in the same way. The defense isn't at quite as high of a level though there are some things he does really good defensively. I guess it's higher than Keontae but not as high as Kaysen. Um he's I might I might buy the shot. I might buy the shot. I know he's got some problems with it and there's a hitch definitely. But the more I watch it, the more I see repetitive parts in his form that could be maybe just 
aired out a little bit and push him really into that next group of guys. I, in preparation for our uh, upcoming draft pods here, I I did some movement on my board and he has jumped into uh, just outside the lottery. I have him sitting at 17 right now. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen a lot of that. Um, Jalen Hood trips, you know, at 17 to the Lakers. Oh, well, um, I, I just which would mean, no, no, I understand, but I'm just saying I've seen it to the Lakers a lot. Um, I'm not a fan of that personally. <laughs> yeah, there's I like, there's one or two guys that if they fell to their to that level to 17, I think the Lakers should run up mm-hmm. to Adam Silver, just run up. Say here, we're taking him. Yeah. Um, but if it was Hood Shafino, I would think at that point I would I would want to trade that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, um, uh, I do have one I think, more. If you go, okay. I uh, I was listening to Locked On NBA Draft a couple days ago. And oh, Rafael Barlow, Rafael Barlow and my guy Richard Stamen, Mavs draft, were on it together. And I, Richard Stamen made a point to me, or not to me, I guess, to the podcast that I, I hadn't really considered. And it's about a G League Ignite guy in 18 year old city, Sissoko. You look at his game and the thing Raphael Barlow and him kept going back and forth about was you look at his game versus a guy like Anthony Black and what they both do defensively. And they do pretty similar things defensively. I might even argue in some ways Sissoko's better. I guess in some ways Black's better as well. But they're both incredibly high-level defenders. Um, the shooting is a question mark for both of them. I might slightly lean Sissoko in that uh, conversation. But obviously, the major differentiator is the playmaking, the live dribble passing, the ball movement that's there for Anthony Black. But the point Richard Stamen made was he was on this G League Ignite team that never once asked him to do any passing and in high school the passing was way more evident i'm not going to move him nearly to a level of a guy like anthony black of course anthony black i have in a completely different tier he's at several tiers above he's my seventh overall player but when you sit and you you just think about the objective facts about the situation and the age of a player like Sissoko really it I I don't know if it's impossible he can be that type of player in his career and if you're getting him 10 picks later that's that's a guy I want to invest in so toward again at after the lottery in the next five or so picks there I I very much lean into him I ended up moving him up pretty significantly in my mock as well. Um, 
in to the 19th spot. And where is Leonard Miller? 18th. <laughs> and there, there's actually a tier separating the two of them. I have Leonard Miller in one tier higher, Sissoko as the first player in one tier lower. Yeah, I think that there's only a couple players that I would, uh, if I was the Lakers, I would want mm-hmm. to hold on to. And that's uh, Hawkins out of Connecticut and Leonard Miller out of the G League Ignite. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, I mean, it depends on who's falling like way down. Like if you're telling me like somebody else is like falling way down, yeah. then there's a couple other guys. I'm just saying like in this reality realm, mm-hmm. and I understand that there are a lot of boys that are completely different, but the consensus of seeing like if you said, okay, you have Hushafino, Miller, um, Hawkins has been either at the spot or like right before mm-hmm. the Lakers spot, you know. Um, who's a couple other guys that I've seen around that range that I'm kind of going like, eh, I don't know. Um, uh, there, yeah, there's a few guys. Uh, the guy we just talked about, Gulabali. There's uh, Mr. Grady no. Dick. No. Derek Lively. No. Well, maybe. Uh, oh, man, I'd love that for you. Uh, if, if, it, if the shoot. Well, see, I think of Lively as too. I've heard that he's falling, but I don't think he falls 17. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of reality, reality dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Be... Uh, potentially, he, he this would be falling a few spots, but Nick Smith. I really like Nick. See, I won't want him. I won't want him. Oh, what? I want to trade. I want to trade and get yeah, like certain asset. To me, Hawkins and Miller to me are the guys that I sit there and go. That's something I need, but also something that can develop into something pretty, really, really good, and provide me with quality depth for years to come. Yeah, we. Uh, man, our upcoming draft pro, uh, podcast on Friday here, I think we might need to talk a bit about Jordan Hawkins because I think I might have him quite a bit lower than you do. So, oh, so we'll, well, we'll see. Maybe I, I think I feel differently about that. Yeah, you also think Jet Howard is like the second coming of like yeah, Bernard King not, and, not. and like Larry Bird. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot like – some sort of insane percentage or whatever. I, so I really, we'll see how I that really works. believe in Jet Howard, but uh, this is also the guy who wants uh, James Harden. By the way, folks, so I don't know how much you want to deal with a draft war. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. This actually has turned into Chris Vernon and KLC. Yeah. You know that, right? That. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I do not like that podcast, so I I do not love that comparison. Um, I I I do like Jet Howard quite a bit, though I do see the problem with him as a Lakers fit. I think there's a lot more upside in Howard's game than he is shown at Michigan. Um, but I 
I do understand he doesn't really make perfect sense on the Lakers. Like for the Lakers, the type of role that you would bring in someone like Jet Howard to play, it would make a lot more sense to just sign the next Malik Monk in free agency or just just some guy who you know who can shoot but just washed out of his first situation. Maybe bring back Svi Mikhailiev or something like that. That would make more sense than, than trying to put Jet Howard into a role like that. But if you're a younger team who's looking to develop a shooter into maybe doing a few other things, because I think he has upside to do a few other things as well, I think he's uh, a pretty valuable prospect. Uh, while I have Hawkins lower than Jet Howard by a decent margin, I do think that he would make more sense as the Lakers pick than Howard. Mm. Yeah, it's people like Hood Chafino, Jet Howard um, that I see in the mocks. There's a couple other guys that, that I'm like drawing blanks right now. I don't see Grady Dick usually even though I hear that he's falling. Yeah. Um, I heard him like 16. Because I'm, I'm pretty convinced that he is falling. You know, I wouldn't even want him at 17. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like Dick a lot. I do. What about Chris Murray? Uh, I don't – I think Chris Murray is a 22 guy. He's like in that – Range like he's a twenty-two guy. Yeah, but seventeen versus twenty-two—that's that's a fine reach. If you, my whole thing is is that the guy you want. If I'll put it this way: if I'm targeting, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm if I'm reimagining the Lakers a little bit, like I'm not saying we're making wholesale trades. What I'm saying is, yeah, I really value the big wing, right? I I value. Mm-hmm. Murray. Then I'm gonna try to trade down. I'm gonna try to I get an asset. Uh, I don't know how possible to get him. I I kind of think specifically one of the first spot I look at for Murray is the Nets. I think the Nets are a pretty pretty good organization that like is sitting in a place where they could kind of use a guy more like that versus the wing. That's where he, that's where it looks like he's going to be. Yeah. He's kind of in that range. Yeah. So, so I kind of think trading back, like, uh, like you, well, see, they could use a guard and let's say one of the guards fell. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, or let's say they're in love. Let's say for some reason Whitmore falls, or or they're in love with Whiteside. Whitehead. Uh, Whitehead. Whiteside. Oh, Hassan. Yeah. Dariq. Maybe. Yeah, I I guess in that scenario you might be able to to get a second round pick or two out of the Nets, but like yeah. I I'd rather just stick and pick my guy. Well. Here's the thing. The Lakers, when they draft their person, the one thing that they don't ever worry about is whatever everybody else's board yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And I, told you, and, and I told you last time we talked, bro, if they draft Keegan Murray, if they draft uh, C.D. Sissoko, if they drafted Leonard Miller, if they drafted yeah. – I don't care. If they drafted Grady Dick, if they drafted him, I would go, okay, they saw something. I don't yeah, know, whatever, whatever course, it is. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
It's fine. So I'm good with all that. Mm-hmm. Of course. So we have gone for almost an hour and 25. So we are going to shut this down. Okay. Sounds good. Yes, sir. We have given you a lot of draft coverage and a lot of free agency trade rumor stuff. We will be back on Friday. We will continue this because this is all that is going on for right now um, through at least next Friday and maybe into next. Well, obviously it'll be next month, the, the Monday after the draft. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you're going to have a lot of basketball on this podcast. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And if you have any questions, yeah, shoot us on Twitter at FrontRunnerPC and at Nico FRPC. Definitely. Questions, thoughts, whatever. What do you got? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about everything. I'm excited for this upcoming week. I I think we might have a few more things cooking as well. I I have an idea I want to talk to you about after the pod. Maybe get everyone excited. <laughs> And we'll probably keep the basketball coverage going hard until free agency. Uh, the ba- the first little bit. We'll we'll still be doing life pods and stuff, of course, but we're gonna keep hard on the basketball focus for that at least that long because this is this is basketball's time on the calendar. This is when they they dominate everything. So we're we're both basketball fans first above all. So get ready for a lot of basketball coverage get your your whatever your ginseng boost your b12 shots your coffee your whatever mm-hmm. because emergency pods are coming as soon as he trades hit so yeah, <laughs> there's right. gonna be so much so much stuff going on and uh we're just trying to sift through all the rumors here. So, uh, Nico has been tirelessly looking through Twitter. I've been on the phones talking to people, and we will continue to do so to bring you the best coverage we possibly can. I actually have a piece of information for Nico off air as well. So, for, without further ado, for the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian. Bill Simmons, the Canadian Zach Lowe, and the forever Canadian son of Loretta Kern, Nico Miatello. I'm Vince Carter, and we will see you on this feed on Friday unless something happens later on in the day. Bye.